Hello and welcome back to episode 23 of Down Under the Ring podcast. I'm back. I'm the warship. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we've got a bunch to talk about because, well, I was gone for a week. I don't know what happened. I hear rumors that Fid might have done a podcast without me. You know what? I listened to it. It was pretty good. Not as good as this one because I'm here. But Fid, how are you going? We've got lots to talk about today. Oh, mate. Um, it's been a positive week. Uh, I'm sure there's been nothing but positive stuff happening in pro wrestling this week. Uh, I haven't checked Twitter at all, so uh, I don't know if there's been anything go down there. It's, nah. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I will say this before we get into the show. Uh, a huge shout out to Ryan, who joined last week. Um, he was a legend. He came in last minute. We were going to skip last week uh, altogether, mm-hmm. but The Rock returned. Yes, and we're going to talk about that in a bit too, because I want to give you my thoughts about that oh, as well, ab- ab- because we didn't really touch on that. So, um, Also, yeah, big shout out to Ryan, and you know, just as a little bit of maybe you cheat on me, I cheat on you thing, if you can't come here for WWE, I'm absolutely doing a live podcast with Ryan when he's here. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and saying that, <laughs> I am working on uh, being in Perth, so... Uh, well, then we can do a three-way, a bit of a fucking I have no threesome. problem with that. I think it would actually be a really <laughs> dope show. Yep. No, I'm keen for that too because you have all three perspectives. Someone who was a wrestler and is involved heavily, a fan who is also involved heavily in a lot of ways, and then a person who really didn't have a lot of exposure early on yeah. but is super involved in wrestling. And so That's actually I why cool. I found his perspective last week super interesting because he doesn't have the Attitude Era or the Golden Age or whatever to lean back on like we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy to me like that's absolute madness to me that, 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 that you, you wouldn't have that background and you'd be as involved in pro wrestling as he is well just that you talk to someone and you know they're in wrestling and you're in wrestling as a fan or as a wrestler or yeah. something and you're like what about al snow and the head gimmick and he's like what yeah, you know, like, like, like to me, that's crazy because it's been such a big part of all of like my upbringing in wrestling, 100%. the Attitude Era, the Golden Era, all of that kind of stuff. But it's really cool to see someone who's passionate about it, even though they haven't had that. So yeah, and this is to that. and this is the awesome part about I think the current era of pro wrestling, and I'm talking before he got into it. I'm talking like the 2022, 2023, 2024 era. This current era we're in is an awesome era for bringing in new fans i think we're going to see more of these fans that are like i didn't know shit about wrestling until recently and i'm all i'm gonna coin it right now i want to coin it it's the unpredictable era because for the first time in history i think in at least like foreseeable future past all of that i don't know what's going to happen yeah i don't and that that's with kayfabe stuff happening on the show and it's also we have no idea what's going to happen backstage (laughs) i legitimately have no idea when it comes to the championship when it comes to even the lower to mid card stuff i am just shocked all of the time it's really 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 cool and really interesting but something that I've never really encountered as a wrestling fan or as a wrestler no. because I was always so keyed in to what was happening. But right now, if you told me to pitch my thoughts as to the WrestleMania main event, I've got them, but it's it's weird, man. Like I'm I'm stunned. You know, I, I'm like um, it's probably this, but what if it's not this? You know? Yeah, I'm in two other chat groups um, about pro wrestling. One's a bunch of people that work in the same industry as me that are all wrestling fans. And one's just a bunch of old wrestling fan friends that I've got. And 
mm-hmm. each group, and I'm talking the chat I have with you, the chat I have with Ryan, uh, the and those two other chat groups, all of them have differing opinions on what is going to happen at WrestleMania. And it's yeah. awesome. It's crazy. And like I sent you a pitch the other day, hmm. which could still happen in, in every single way. It's just everything that has been suggested, I can understand it and I can actually believe in it too. Yeah. But I guess that leads me into sort of my first perspective on everything before we really get past the small talk. Mm. I'm just going to say it now. We'll let it simmer for a little bit and then we'll come back to it when it's time to talk about it. But I'm going to say the thing that I underlined before because I really think that we might be doing that. So before we cut to first ad, let me just say, I think Roman Reigns is going to retain at WrestleMania. Oof. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like it's it's something that I just don't have any other thought right now. I've been really racking my brain. I have got a pitch when we talk about that in a minute because you know I'm really keen on doing that sort sort of stuff. You know, talking about what I think is my predictions, all that kind of stuff. Speaking of predictions as well, before we get into it, yes, this is an episode away again from the missing lost episode. Um, my computer, for those who don't know, exploded. And that came off the heels of my car exploding two days earlier to that. <laughs> so uh, it's been a bit of a time. So we have an episode that we did for our predictions for this year, yep. this year ahead. It is, it is in uh, the can and recorded and ready to release almost. It is ready to go. It literally just needs to be uploaded. But unfortunately, until I get the computer up and running again, we won't see that just yet, but hopefully soon. We've been talking about it for a bit. Mm. We're probably going to release like a Lost Episodes series at yeah. some point. Awesome. Um, well, look, let's get into the stuff that you missed out on last week. I, I, I <laughs> genuinely want to hear what you thought of Rock's return last week. Oh, now, come on now. Just be careful because you're kind of glossing over the real return, all right? Don't forget the modern day Maharaja, he came back, Jinder Mahal, to a lukewarm reaction to say the very least. Totally understandable, but what a master stroke by Trips, you know? Oh, dude. Like, I think it was a master stroke sending him out there. And I don't know if you saw this, but when Triple H announced that he was go, he had a um, previous WWE champion coming back, I legitimately tweeted a photo of. Jinder Mahal when I retweeted him. <laughs> I got that right. Oh. I called it. Of all the things I got right in 2023, that's the only thing. <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, it's fine. Like I, At the end of the day, like I think he does a really good job. The poor guy, obviously, he's been told, hey, man, you're returning to Raw. It's been a while. You've been down at NXT, all of that mm. kind of stuff. We're bringing you up to Raw. But you're going to kind of just be a little bit of a joke yeah. before we send and out saying Rock. that, and I think he did a great job. I think he got himself over really, really well. I think the segment went about 14 minutes too long, but I think that he did a really good job of it. Absolutely. Um, I think that you probably could have cut to the Rock's music after he finished that spiel about how he said, oh, this is in uh, American Punjabi, this is the national anthem, you know, like... That's exactly the point where I would have cut it. Yeah. Like, I think that was enough. I don't think you needed him to go to the well again. Just to get that reaction to begin with, you know, the, oh, it's gender. Yeah. Uh, You know, 
I, I was actually uh, a little bit disappointed when it happened because I was like, uh, is this what we're doing? We're going back to this booking a foreigner or someone that looks like a foreigner as a heel bad guy uh blah 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 blah, blah. and then i just completely forgot about it once rock's music hit <laughs> well yeah i mean i listened to the podcast as well and i did yeah. cop that from you uh for me i think the thing that i took away from it is that it doesn't matter that the rock's daughter's in a cult <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter that The Rock's family is breaking down, but by God, if you disrespect America, I'm coming out there and I'm going to give you the people's elbow. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, to me, that kind of sat a bit weird because, you know, The Rock's his family's going through shit. Yeah, right. You know? I, I, and- I, I, there's two things that happened though uh, after that one tweet which i thought was amazing was the first tweet i saw when i opened twitter afterwards was oh my god it's ava rain's dad uh, which i thought that was funny but then i had this thing where i was just like and i it didn't never clicked with me literally until that moment is that ava rain's name is ava rain yes and roman's name is roman reigns <laughs> it's roman reigns i never yeah. put the two together well I think that they don't – I'm sure they have a plan, right? Yeah. But it's the same problem I have with Bron Breaker. Why is he not Bron Steiner? Yeah. Like, why was why was Curtis Axel not Curtis Henning? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I'd never have understood it. I don't get it. I, Ava should probably standpoint. be Ava Maivia. Yeah, absolutely. Ava Maivia or even just Ava Johnson. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, you could make dick jokes and it would be funny, but <laughs> like you could, you could Ava my Johnson, you know, like it's, it's, it's all right there. But I think that, I don't know. I just, to me, there's a disconnect with the rock because he comes back and he does these things where he'll like hit a move and that'll be it. Yep. And then he'll go away again for six months or whatever it is until he comes back for that pop again and he'll do it again. I like the idea of him being like this people's wraith, you know, like the anytime the people need him, he appears. You know, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Because like that's kind of how it was really framed. You know, even Jinder said it is like every time every time that people get offended, the rock is here to save them. Yeah. You know, like like that. I, I, I kind of like that, but at the same time. If you look at the whole landscape of the WWE right now, the bloodline has been running roughshod along the whole thing. Every single brand, mm. uh, it's been an influence everywhere. If you're The Rock, surely you just come out, you know, during like one of those segments instead. A hundred percent. I think that would have had more impact having The Rock return during a uh, Roman segment. Can you imagine? Okay, okay, but just like for a second, can you imagine? Comes out, maybe they're in Ohio, right? Yep. And he's like, he's like, Cleveland, Ohio, acknowledge me. And then you hear the fucking if you smell. Yeah, what no the time, no time to simmer. And he just comes out. He says, "Why don't you acknowledge me?" You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 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 you know, like, like that's enough right there. 100%. You know. We talk about all the money that The Rock makes, the way The Rock provides for the family, all the stuff that we've been speaking yeah. about for weeks and weeks and weeks. Or there's already a pre-built stage. story there. Yeah, yeah, legitimately. There, there, there's so much in the way of a pre-built story. Um, I think... So when it comes to the implications of The Rock's appearance, are you nervous as Cody Rhodes? Maybe. Yeah. Because Cody Rhodes' story is big. 
it's important. It's a couple of years in the making. The Anawahi bloodline family story That's longer. is decade, decades yeah. in the making, right? Like, and this particular iteration of it is probably three, maybe four years yep. in the making. Like the rock and the like the rise of Roman. Because honestly, I date this back to the reaction the rock got when he was trying to raise Roman's hand to a chorus of boos because Roman wins lol. Yeah. Like you can reference it all the way back there. And that's before all of this really began. It was funny. I was so I was watching uh, Royal Rumble 2020 today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was purely because I was watching a whole bunch of uh, Adam Copeland interviews and I was just like, I want to go back and watch that. Um, and it was funny because... You look at Roman in that pay-per-view, and that's, what, three and a bit years old. Yeah. And Roman wasn't booked as the big, bad, you know, he was the big dog still. Yeah, he wasn't like the final boss. He wasn't the final boss. He was the big dog. And so in under three years, we've managed to go from, he opened uh, Royal Rumble. He was the first match. Uh, and he was also an entrant in the Rumble. We've gone from that, where he was fighting two matches on the card and he opened the show, to he's now works three times a year and he's the final boss. And brilliant. Work. And also, I think I think I heard it the other day. He's also main evented more WrestleManias now than anybody. Right? Wow. Like, like I'm, I'm under the impression that he's been the main event now more times than anyone has been the main event. So more, more so than Hogan. So you think about that. Well, yeah, because like... I think Hogan, Hogan only did like three anyway. He's really like a cup of tea yeah. wherever he was because he was in and out yeah. a lot. Uh, the thing is, is that if you look at this now, Hogan's actually my big point, right? And it leads into the Roman Reigns thing. But before we get to that point, I just want to say that... The implications for this are huge because right now you have let's rattle them off, right? You've got LA Knight, mm-hmm. you've got Randy Orton, mm-hmm. you've got AJ Styles, mm-hmm. you've got Punk, mm-hmm. you've got Cody, all of those people, you've got Drew, mm-hmm. all of those people foreseeably, and then Damian Priest as well could foreseeably be in that main event slot at WrestleMania. Now you add the rock into that slot. And tell me with a straight face that The Rock versus Roman Reigns, a night two WrestleMania main event, isn't the biggest possible box office of all of them. Oh, mate, uh, it's the biggest draw possible. Like, the buy you've rate got, you've is got, through the roof. You've got mainstream appeal with uh, Rocky being there. Um, you've got uh, intense long storytelling for us hardcore fans it's and look and you're going to piss off some people and let's be honest the internet wrestling community loves to be pissed off so (laughs) really do so that'll that'll lead me into the pitch all right i want to talk about the pitch because i want to get your reactions on the podcast because before we get i wrote this before we get to that i just wanted to quickly go over this because you mentioned a hell of a lot of amazing names that are potential main event players in WWE Mm -hmm. right now. When was the last time we had a roster that genuinely you could fill an entire pay-per-view with main eventers? The Attitude Era. The Attitude Era. It's exactly what I was thinking, where you had DX, who was star-studded roster 
on its own. Well, you had just look at that. Rattle those names off. You like you've got DX, so you've got Shawn Michaels, you've got Triple H, you've got The Rock, you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Um, there Billy was Gunn. nothing. Bill, like, yeah, there, there was nothing but a pool. Billy Gunn was probably on the cusp of being there, but you could have easily pushed him up there. The same yeah, but, with Bradshaw, but saying, arguably. But in saying that, as mid carders, they were still over as hell. Yes, no, there was never a point. I've gone back and watched Attitude Era stuff a lot lately. In fact, you've probably seen it on your binge because I've been <laughs> using it. But I've been watching a lot of that and the reactions are crazy. The difference between what we see now, or at least what we've seen in the last few years, to what we saw back yeah. then is just... And the show pops night, from start to finish. Yeah, there's never a point where people aren't throwing shit into the crowd. There's never a point that there's not like raucous stuff from everybody. You were invested from the start, the time the show started to the time the show ended. Yeah. The only time you weren't was when, when Mae Young got her boobs out. Like everything else you were in for. Exactly. You know? So we've never had a roster like this. and We've never had a roster that's been so robust. I don't think even probably close to ever. Mm. And like right now, it's one of those situations where we just don't know because... All right, let's, before we move on, let's just take like Damien Priest, for example. He could be the first guy in history to not actually cash in, right? Yeah. Like we're getting pretty close to that. I think we're, that we're, we're what, June, I think, May, June. And look, it's possible, right? Yeah. He could be the first guy to never cash in. That's something we haven't even taken into account. No. But maybe LA Knight, before CM Punk came back, was probably next in line. He's now down like three or four spots. Yeah. Um, Randy Orton here. Man, let him finish that story. What about that? What about him becoming the most decorated champion in history? Yeah, money, you know, money in the bank is July, so there you go. It's it's close, yeah. right? It doesn't feel close, but it is. It's only and like after Mania, that's like three months. Yes, and that's wild. That's why it could foreseeably happen. If he doesn't cash in at Mania, which I god damn, I hope he doesn't cash in at Mania because... As much as I think it would be interesting, I think we need closure regardless on the situation mm. at WrestleMania. Um, my my big pitch and my, my thing here is one version of the story that I think will go forward, but I actually still really believe what I said at the Stinger there. I really think that Roman Reigns is going to retain. Yep. I, I, I've been give thinking me, about it a lot lately. Okay. So here's the pitch. So Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes goes back-to-back. Back. He wins the Rumble again. Mm -hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cody have a moment where it looks like they're both going to be eliminated at the same time, like Batista and Cena were. Uh, the referees can't tell the difference between them. They restart the match. Cody wins again. So he's gone through the adversity of that. It makes Nakamura look strong. It doesn't like, take away from their feud that they've been having. He says he wants the feud to be over. I could see it going through the Rumble to give him something to do. Mm -hmm. um, from there... There's a bit of uh, dissension because Nakamura's like, bro, like I also won the match. Why do I not get the shot for it, yeah. right? So he challenges Cody at Elimination Chamber. And he loses to Cody, but not before Cody lands awkwardly. And it's reported later in the week that he's done like some abdominal tear. Yeah, he's, issues, he's popped right? another so, two. So but he's in the spot where he might be vulnerable to, say, the spear. Yep. So he's out. He's out, but he still has the shot. Right, so he still has the title shot, but he cannot be in the main event of WrestleMania. He will not be cleared until after WrestleMania. That means that Rock and Roman will main event night one, mm -hmm. which I know is crazy considering. Yes. But 
stick with me for this. So Roman retains via disqualification as Cody storms a ring, all kinds of messed up. Uh, the Rock in the post-match beats up Roman. As he's doing this, the uh, Usos, Solo, Paul Heyman, they're all very wary. And over the course of that beatdown, they all acknowledge The Rock. Mm-hmm. So because of what you were talking about last week with Mana and yep. everything, they see that The Rock is really the head of the table. Mm-hmm. So The Rock becomes head of the table on that night, even in defeat. But what happens from there is that the bloodline is dissolved because The Rock has, you know, the, well, the he's, father, the he's, he's the guy. He's got the mana. He's he's the guy, and he's like, "This is done. I want no more infighting with my family. Yep. It's finished, right?" Seth and Punk main event night two. Give Punk what he wants. Massive show, massive main event. Ooh, Punk! You know he probably ends up winning. Who cares? That that's not really what we need here. But Roman has lost everything except for the championship. Mm-hmm. So. His family have turned their back. The Rock is gone back to Hollywood because yep. he's sorted the business. He's done the family business. He can't blame anyone. He can't blame Jimmy. He can't blame Jay. He can't blame Solo. They're not here anymore. They're yep. off doing their own thing. They like, maybe they have like a blank him moment, you know, like he walks past them in a locker room and he's like, what up, brother? And they just kind of, yep. and just walk past him. So that's done. And right? it could be a good but moment Roman- to bring the Usos back together too. Well, yeah, exactly right. Because honestly, as far as tag teams go, the Usos, they've got to be right up there, right? Yeah. I do think they'll probably have a match at WrestleMania, though. After that I've match, all, I can see them getting back together. I've also currently got a pitch uh, for bringing in three-way tags into WWE. So you could also do the Usos and Solo. I think that'd be great. A trios gimmick? Yeah. Absolutely. There's, Everyone there's, else there's is doing it. There's enough there. There's no reason not to. You've got a lot of other other teams who could easily feel that, like Imperium yes. and the New Day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but Roman's pissy, right? So he blames Cody for destroying his whole family, not for taking the belt, not for anything. So he says, "You kill my family, I'm gonna destroy your family." Mm-hmm. So you know, he we get Dustin Reynolds inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. That's another thing I think is going to happen yep. for sure. Got gold dust in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Goldust is out there doing his thing. Roman comes out, beats the tar out of him. And he'd be down for that too. Out of him. I mean, blood everywhere. Like he does every week on AEW, bleeding everywhere from the balls. Yep. He'd be absolutely down. And then, you know, maybe like The Rock did to Stone Cold Steve Austin's belt, Roman could just throw the dog off the bridge, you know, like in the same way. Like, you know, simple like that. It's it's a lot because everyone knows how much the dog means to him. Um, Maybe he does a home invasion where he spears Brandy through the good China, you know. Um, And the last one I won't say, but that's fine. Uh, Essentially, uh, it leads to SummerSlam. Grudge match of the century because it's like my family is destroyed I'll keep destroying your family. And then Cody's like, all right, well, then let's put this on the line. Let's do this properly mm. one more time. And SummerSlam Cody has wins. been that event that hasn't quite felt, felt like a big four event for a few years. And there's no reason it can't be. There's no reason that every pay-per-view can't be as big as WrestleMania. WrestleMania should be the biggest stage of all, the grandest stage. Mm. But there's no reason. SummerSlam used to be like the other big be. one. Yeah. Yes. So there's no reason that he can't win and the, that. And, and, the, and this event, this match would make it feel like a big event. Well, you've got this like four months, five months, whatever it is, of just like 
really solid storytelling. Mm. You put Roman on TV every week, every couple of weeks, yep. whatever it is, and you make it really important, yep. really he, like he's losing his mind. Yeah, and I think for this to work, you need to have him on almost weekly again. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. Because you want, and even if he's not on TV, you should have him in vignettes. Yep. You know, doing stuff, losing his mind, talking to himself, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So that is my way, my pitch for how WWE can fix the hole that they're in with this. It does discount stuff like Randy Orton and AJ Styles and LA Knight, but all three of those, they're the first people when Cody wins. Absolutely. Like, and the thing is, LA Knight. Put him in with whoever to open night one or night two. Mm-hmm. Give him that spot. Give him that spot. That that really important opener spot of the of either one of those yeah. nights, and really put him over. Don't put him in some shitty rumble. Like make it important for yeah. him. He, yeah. If I if LA Knight is in the uh, Andre Battle Royale, <sighs> I'll be pissed. Punch a small child. I, I, that is not what I want to see at all because it's he's constantly left off shows. I don't know if they just feel like he's not ready for it or whatever it is, but it's been the, pretty consistent. The thing is with LA Knight at the moment, like right now at the moment, as I feel he's on that borderline of you need to pull the trigger again. And yeah, yeah, because he can he wait, forgotten. but he shouldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're at a point now where he really doesn't, really can't wait much longer for this so he probably can and realistically wrestlemania should be like a crowning moment for him i still think that he should wrestle someone big like i still think that you know he's probably not gonna be ready but we've said that before about him i still think he should wrestle cena um yeah you know like like i I think he needs a proper big win i think it's going to be la night versus um uh logan paul logan paul that's yeah, what I, I think too. it's going to be. I think he wins the belt at Mania yep. against Logan Paul. Yep. And that gives him that Intercontinental Championship level run, you know, with like the secondary belt, puts him in the spot where he can be elevated to the next level. Yeah. And you're like, already in a spot where like, we've been mentioning all these people already, but you're already in a spot where you've got Gunther who is ready to go to the next level. Yeah. You've got Nakamura who's ready to go to the next level. He's been doing some of the best work he's ever done at the moment. Yeah. So... There's only a couple of spots for a couple of things, unfortunately. Yeah. Super interesting time, dude. Super interesting time. Just don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, with saying all of that, I think Roman's winning. Yep. I've got a feeling. And one of the biggest ones that I feel that it's going to be that reason is... I feel like they're going to try and complete the set of wiping people off the board for the longest reigns. They've been slowly knocking them out. Like There was a solid effort to make sure that Roman knocked CM Punk off while he was at AEW, right? And then they've gone for the longest reign up until uh, Hogan. And then Hogan Hogan. is this year, right? He'll never be Bruno. Thank God. No. And I don't think anyone's ever going to beat Bruno. It's too long. Yeah. It's too long. Three years, it's too long. Yeah. Like, let alone seven. Yeah. So it's just not going to happen. But the thing is, only but, a few more months until he beats Hogan. So. And that's the other point that I was going to make. So, yes, I think Roman is going to retain. 
Um, it could be a good time to take the money in the bank off of Priest as well because he could cash in and lose. It would suck for him. But what are the Judgment Day really doing right now? I can't. I can't put the Judgment Day in championship contention when they have R-Truth pretending to be in the Judgment so Day. So it's funny because I was literally talking about this this week where I think the R-Truth situation is, one, absolutely hilarious. I love R-Truth and I love the work he is doing with them. But I don't yeah. think he the only person that he is taking anything away from with what he is doing with Judgment Day is... Um, uh, the Scottish bloke, JD, JD, JD McDoobadoo. Yeah, <laughs> well, I I agree with you, but I think as a whole, the Judgment Day, if it's going to be championship contention, it needs to be serious. Yeah, like I think like it needs to be more of a force. I, th- like, I think you look at I the think women's division, story, got that. I think the story does have danger of it becoming too silly. Well, like. Even the way the priest reacts, you know, like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm really angry about this," like blah 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 blah, and 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 Damien's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, "Truth is funny." Yeah, like like there's that that thing that's been going on pretty much all the time, where he's like, you know, he's not, he's not in the Judgment Day, but it is, <laughs> it's funny. I like having him like, around. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, you know, I think that there's a danger that you're softening the Judgment Day. Now you've got Rhea, obviously, is the pillar of the women's division. Like, there's just nothing that can yeah. stand in the way of that right now. Um, getting over as a face, which means we're probably going to see a split soon anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Dom, who is doing amazing work as a heel and has really evolved as a wrestler. You've got Finn, who could really do with a spotlight yeah. for a little bit. That's another person you add to that list of 400 people who are in title contention because the dude is awesome. Yep. Um, you've got Priest, obviously... You've got JD who fills that like lower to mid card, sort of a jobber, but then gets some wins kind of guy as well. Like the X Park of DX, yep. you know, like you've got that. Um, but I really do feel like for them to have the sting they need for it to be impactful, if Damien wins and cashes in the, the contract and wins the belt, you really do need them to be a little bit more serious than what they are. Yeah. The, um, the last point. The last point that I'll make on the Roman situation is that the 23rd of January this year marks 40 years to the day since Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik for the WWF Championship in Madison Square Garden. So this year is 40 years since that record began. For me, that's one of those things that's too coincidental. Yeah. Like, and from a WWE standpoint, that's one of those things where it's like, well, it's only a few more months. Yeah. We love that shit. We can't give Roman... Because, like, Roman is the next cookie cut of Cena, mm-hmm. right? Like, they tried to build him as the new Super Cena. It didn't work. They turned him heel. That really worked. But Cena has the title wins. Yeah. The many, 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 many title wins, which Roman realistically won't get to and shouldn't get to. Yeah. But what Roman has now that nobody can take away from him is the time, the length exactly. of time as champion. So you at this point, I think they're going to wait and they're going to push him to be like the second longest reigning champion in the history of the industry, yep. and then he'll lose. Absolutely. And I second that. I think that's exactly what is going to go down. And he'll be the longest reign in the modern era, ever. Which is why I kind of still want Seth and Punk to main event night too. 
And is, because it, is, is it to give a positive pop at the end of the event? This, we can't do another year where Roman wins lol and you have his music playing and he raises the belts and that's it. Yeah. Like, I think that that's too far yeah. for expectation for the fans. I think it will be really telling if it's night one's main event. That will mean it's a lock to me. Yeah. If they announce it as the first one, then he's winning. I personally would have loved to have seen Rhea in one of the main events. Um, I think... She'll absolutely have second two main event on either one of those nights, but I would have yeah, loved. You're doing. I would have loved to have seen her in a main event, but we've just got too many big stars elsewhere. In doing that, you're putting Nia Jax in the main event for WrestleMania. I don't think because I don't it's, think it's going to be Nia versus her. I think you don't. No, I think they'll play that one that one off beforehand. They have to surely. Uh, it might be Nia versus Rhea in Perth I mean she said it though on this week's Raw she said it she said I'm going to win the Women's Rumble and then I'm coming for you she's like there's no maybe will she won't she go Smackdown Raw she said when I win the belt because you're too much of a fucking pussy to wrestle me one on one you keep dodging me so when I win the Rumble I'm going to choose you and saying that they could be setting her up as a red herring to win the Rumble right like, she mm-hmm. may not win the Rumble. That, that's the thing, too. If she doesn't win the Rumble, they'll do it beforehand, I think. Yep. But I think that might be what they're doing. And, and, and honestly, and the if thing you think is about, with, like... With Triple H's booking, he does book on different levels than Vince, right? So he does do things which are going to be swerves that we don't see coming. Look, it just sounds like you really don't want it to be Nia in the room. Oh, 100%. That is also 100% it. (laughs) I think, though, if I'm honest with you, looking at it from an objective point of view, I think that if you look at their demeanor, their posturing, they're both the big dog of the women's division. And Nia has improved. Yes, so I do think, because that match with Becky was actually probably match of the night for the yep. night. They, they had the match. So I do think they might be leaning towards Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax for WrestleMania. Um, yeah. And look, if it happens, it happens. I do probably think it might be the end of her reign, which I don't know if I like, but no. um, she's also becoming too much of a face now. Yep. Well, it's funny because so, I said that going into Mania last year. I was yeah. adamant that she was going to leave uh, WrestleMania as champ, but as a face, because that crowd was so behind her at Mania last yeah. year. Yeah, uh, I thought that was going to be the end of her in Judgment Day. It's happening every week, though, now. Yeah. like, And it doesn't matter who she's against, either, because they've given her this role where she squashes actual challenges. Yeah, so it's not legitimate just like, challenges. Oh, yeah, it's not just like local talent 53. It's yeah. like, no, this is a person who's an actual challenge and she just murders them. Yeah. So it's at a point now where she's almost starting to get that Goldberg pop. This is true. Because she's getting those wins and none of them, like you don't expect. Is there anybody right now on the roster that you think could even get a surprise victory over her right now? Yes, but she's not on TV. There you go. And that's only because it's Dakota Kai because it's your girl. No, no, no. It wasn't Dakota Kai. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. Who is it? No, no, no. Um, uh, Jade. 
I was watching a WWE clip on WWE.com, wrestling, world wrestling entertainment, and .com, and after the clip, it was a Sinister Minister promo from ECW because I just like it, and after the clip, it showed a splash screen with Randy Orton, somebody else who I can't think of for the life of me for this exact second, and right in the middle, Jade Cargill. I don't know why, but like that was their end of the thing splash screen. It was the thing that was playing when nothing was playing. That's weird. So it's really weird. And it was like all properly done, like nice graphics. It was like green hue and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I was like, what is this? Because and the green she's hue, still not. The green hue is WrestleMania colors this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. That isn't a possibility. But I do think that I would probably be more, is that more what, aligned that's, to. Th- that's my surprise. Uh, yeah, okay. My, like my surprise entrant in the women's rumble would be Jade, and if Jade wins it, mm. Jade versus Rhea at Mania, because that and her being the Mania, surprise win as well, like her first her to, first solo match in the WWE is a win of the belt. That is yeah. huge, and it's an amazing story. It is, and it, it puts is. her okay. over massively, right? And like, yeah. Okay. Almost, almost okay. plays to her backstory with AEW, and they won't tell that story. But, no, but the people that to, know yeah. will know. Because I think that the SmackDown Women's Championship match is going to have to involve Bailey. Okay. Because the way that they're building Bailey at the moment as this like ancillary member of her own team. And everything, I think that that turn is coming at the Rumble, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to be leading towards. I don't know if it's EO versus Bailey, but I think that there's. I think that's where the the damage control thing ends as well. Yeah. So, um, I think right now my gut is saying Bailey, Bailey, Bailey Bianca, maybe. <sighs> This is my thing with Bianca, and I've said this on the show before. I think Bianca is supremely talented. Supremely talented. But I'm bored of her. But they're not. Yeah. Like, because they're pushing her all the time. Yeah. You know, like, like she's like the golden goose of that show, of SmackDown. Yeah. Like... And as long as she stays healthy, I think that that could be a potential match. Yeah. Um, I, I gen- genuinely, hundred percent, being genuine here, I cannot tell you a match that has stuck in my mind of hers since the match she had with uh, Sasha Banks. The only one I can think of is the squash, and that was the Becky thing. Yeah. And that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know. See, I, her match with Sasha at Mania was amazing. Yes. No, look, nothing to take away from that. I agree with you on that. Mm. Um, this was not intended to be our We Book WrestleMania um, <laughs> episode. That is what it here. is. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand. 
they are a subculture. OG nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, humble beginnings and heroes. OG nerd strives to offer quality, comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming, music and street art. I've worked with OG nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance. Whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention, you'll be hard pressed to find a better armor for your rig. Get yours at ognerdlife.com. And I think probably the last thing that I would like to talk about is Drew McIntyre. Yes. Now, Drew McIntyre as this everything goes fucking wrong for me every week thing, he's really good in this role. In this role of like the world is against me, everyone's a piece of shit, and it's your fault that I'm not successful. Yeah, like, he's really, really good in this right now. There's been a lot of stuff that's been going on constantly. You know, he cost himself the title yeah. last week, but it wasn't. Um, but it, yeah, but it wasn't like yeah. So I I tell you what promo- I did love the sex- segment where he called out. Um, uh, priest. Yes. It was just like, yes. you idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, made, yeah. and it made He's that like, make sense. Right? Like, it made... It, it called out how stupid that was. Instead He's of just like, ignoring it. I can't believe it. you did that. Yeah. Why didn't you just wait until I won the belt? I'd be weakened by then. Yeah. You know, like this whole, like... He was, like, trying to say, hey, look, if you let me win, I'd have been easy pickings, but you're stupid. Yeah. Like... Because when yeah, I was that, watching, that, that, when I was watching that go down, I thought to myself, "This is dumb," and then yeah. normally in WWE, something dumb happens. Next week comes around, we're expected to forget that that happened. I like yeah. the fact that we're calling shit out now. Yeah, no, I do too, and I'm going to call some shit out. I'm on the same vein in our next point because it's the same to me. Like, if you're in a situation where you want to win the belt you have to do it in a way where you can actually win the belt, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, I would definitely have waited before cashing in. It just Absolutely. seems like we had to put it on the show for no reason. And that's why everything happened the way it happened. Mm. It was a little bit nonsensical, but that did bring the whole promo to a head because he started talking about CM Punk. Yeah. And that brought CM Punk out. Now, this segment we were speaking about earlier, and you said that you really, really liked it. I'd like to get some thoughts from you. Oh, I. So here's what I liked. I loved Drew's work in this. Um, I always love when a show leans into some real life. I think it's always when it's best, is when there's some. Um, makes you believe that what he is saying is potentially true. It may be completely bullshit. But watching yep. this, I feel like that's genuinely how he felt back when Punk was there, is that he went to Punk, Punk was threatened by him, or he felt Punk was threatened by him, so Punk didn't give a shit. Punk's just a selfish dickhead. Uh, and it's, it's, it is leaning into what the fans have been saying about Punk as well, right? Even fans yes. of Punk are sort of being, in the back of their mind, they may not care to admit it, but you know, we all sort of think we love Punk. But he's a bit of a selfish dickhead. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and and when he speaks, he speaks in a way that's truthful. Yeah. Right. And I love the way that that happened. And the other side of it, though, is how uncomfortable Punk looked during it. Was yes made me believe it as well. I don't know whether Punk's just a really good actor, or whether 
he genuinely did feel uncomfortable. But it was brilliant, especially the locker room leader thing. It felt like yeah. that triggered him because the first thing he yeah. did when he picked up the mic was address not everything else that he'd said, but it was like, I've never called myself a leader. What sort of dickhead does that? Yeah. 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 So that touches on what I wanted to speak about in this promo is that I don't know if he's just been told, hey, go out there and say whatever you want when you go out there, punk. But I found that his last like two or three promos, probably stemming back to the one on NXT mm-hmm. with Shawn Michaels, have felt so awkward. Yep. Like everything that happens in them is kind of like off the cuff and they work, like they definitely still work, but there's this air of realness to them that you don't get on television anymore when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Um, now, for good or for bad, because there are times where you kind of sit there and you go, oh, that was a bit shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, but then he'll pull it back. Like that particular point there when he started talking about the locker room leader thing, it kind of felt awkward yeah. for a little bit. He pulled it back when he said, I'm going to WrestleMania, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, and just because you said this, I'm going to make sure to eliminate you fast. Yeah. Like, and that, that's what kind of brought it back for me because, it, you know, that it was, it felt awkward. Mm. And it has been feeling awkward a little bit. I think that they could do with a little bit more direction for him yeah. in those moments. Um, just saying, hey, man, like, we know how good you are on the mic, but can you cover over this, this, and this? You know? Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like he's just kind of saying, um, oh, yeah, and that also. That's a thing. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't think I'm you, CM Punk. I agree with you. I don't think you need to write Punk's promos, but I think handing him a post-it note with a couple of bullet points on it and saying, hit these points, is going yeah. to help. Yeah, no, I do too. I just that's just how I feel. It could be wrong. It could be completely off the mark. It could be on purpose. Oh, look, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I agree that I f- have felt like his promos have just felt off, and I can't put my finger a bit on it. Awkward. Yeah, it's weird. It's just weird. Yeah, and Punk to me does not feel like a threat. And that's the thing is, is that. He said one thing in that promo before that last line that really sparked the crowd. Mm. And that was, he said, if you want to join the Straight Edge Society, I'll shave your head right now and you can start living that life. And like that moment, I saw the crowd go, ooh, ooh, hang on a second. Can we go back? Can we, yeah. I think think I've said it to you before. That's my favorite punk era. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of people's favorite punk eras, if I'm honest with you. So... It could be the uh, the little teasers of a heel turn at some point. I think that if Punk does go on to WrestleMania to win, I think the next night on Raw he'll be a heel. So this is something that I've been thinking about this week. I wouldn't mind right up until Mania, every single interaction with Punk is somebody calling him out on his bullshit. Yeah. Like basically doing what they, what they let Punk do 10 years ago or... 12 years ago basically send someone out there to air their grievances on punk yeah and it's just people talking shit on punk talking shit on punk talking shit on punk until we finally get to a point where punk just snaps and it's like you don't want me here you fucking hate what i used to be you hate what i've become well fuck you i'm cm punk i'm not here to make friends i'm here to make money yeah 
I, I could really see him cutting a promo like that the day after he wins the belt. Absolutely. Maybe and and I even them. have in mind people we could pair him with, right? So we've got the OC yeah. who are doing nothing. I'm getting dumped. They're getting dumped on TV. That's what they're doing yeah. with AJ the other week on that promo that they had backstage yeah. where they were like, oh, is everything good? And he's like, you tell me. And then just left. Yeah. Like, like Pierre the OC with Punk. Like, Punk's got history with Gallows already. Straight Edge Society. You just want that back, and I kind of do too. <laughs> oh, look, I just want heel Punk because I genuinely believe CM Punk with a chip on his shoulder and being an asshole is the best CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, like it would be cool for him to say, look, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm fucking, I'm sick of it, all right? So I don't care. Y'all, every single one of you wants to come out here and fight me right now. Come and fight me right now. Well, the, I'll put the belt on the line right and now. And the thing is, CM Punk is probably the one guy on the roster where you can actually lean into his history at AEW, right? Because yeah. everybody knows it. Yeah. I think even uh, part-time fans know what happened over there. So, oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine like that? Like he says, you know, any one of you, every, every single person who's been talking shit for the last few months, you want to fight me, come out here. And if you don't, you know I'll go back there and I'll knock your head off. Yeah, I'll, like, if you, you don't know, fight like, me in like, the ring now, I will fight you backstage and you know I will. You know that I will. And then have it send out all of them. Have yeah. everybody come out, and then you have like because you could be leaning in. They hated me where I came from. They hate me here. Yep, and look, you have Rollins lead it. He's like, you know what? Yes, we all do hate you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like literally, I've been saying this since day one since you came back. Exactly right. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, it won't ever happen. It it won't ever ever happen. But can you imagine? It's Rollins that turns on everybody else. Oof. Can you imagine Rollins getting his head shaved for the Straight Edge Society? That would be amazing. I can remember <laughs> when Rollins first signed to NXT and yeah. the amount of people that were making comparisons between him. This is people that had no idea of his Ring of Honor background or his indie stuff. But people looked at him and were saying online, he's CM Punk, light. He's the yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he looked like Punk. He had a character that was very punk rock. Yeah. Oh, I just... I just think about it and like, you were right, man. You were right about everything. You were right about everybody. Yeah. You know, I've been not been the champion now for 24 hours and it's all gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like you, you were right. You were right. Like, oh, man, like to me, whew, it will never happen. Yeah. This is not a prediction. It's not nah. a spoiler. Like, but I don't, there's I, magic in that. I don't know if you heard my... Um not a prediction from last week because I don't think it's going to happen. But my Royal Rumble prediction is um, having Cody and Punk in the Rumble, they're the last two in the ring, and MJF comes out. Yeah. It's never going to happen because right, he's definitely still signed. How amazing would it be, though? <laughs> but, yeah, never going to happen. I just can't wait for the woo-woo-woo, I'm always ready like, 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 well, look, because that's all it needs to be. Before we move on to the last piece of news that we do have for the week, yes, I do want to ask you. Last week, me and Ryan went through and we did our top surprise entrances who we had picked. Give me two surprises, dude. 
who do you think is going to be in the Rumble? Because we're in Rumble season. We're only a couple of weeks away. All right, I got two. Andrade El Idolo. Yep. I think Andrade is a lock at this point. Does he get a pop, though? Yes. I think he does. Cause I think he does. I Like I said, I watched Royal Rumble 2020. No one gave a shit about him at that. But he's gone. Also, it was crazy despite- seeing how many people were in that Rumble that are now at AEW. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, despite what happened, like that last match he had with Miro, he worked his fucking ass off. Yeah, he like, did. Like, and man, I think... Andrade for sure as a early-ish surprise entrant. Potentially, I he could be he be could great. be a spot too. Give give him the AJ Styles intro. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And I'm not sure about contracts because I know there's been a lot of talk and a lot of disputes lately. But Alistair Black, I wouldn't mind. I don't it. know if he's under contract still because I think his contract ended at the same time as Andrade's did. You, so you're thinking two people jumping? I do, because they're both Triple H's boys, right? They are. And my third outlier, who's not doing anything anymore, but was being pushed to the moon on NXT. Can we see Park come back? Oh, yeah. I could see Neville returning. Oh, see, and no, I think about Neville. He doesn't talk. No. So we don't know Pac's current situation. No, because like, honestly, I have no idea. But I could see that. And it would work. I think, speaking of Park, I think this year X-Park is definitely an entrant in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, because I mean, people have been seeing him at the PC and there's been a lot of talk about it. I'll well, tell you, I I tell you that... another one who's absolutely a lock for the Rumble after this week. Mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal is 100%... A lock for the Royal Rumble this year. Absolutely. He might even win it. (laughs) (laughs) And in in saying that, while we're talking about Jinder Mahal, why don't we have a quick chat about uh, the Jinder Mahal situation online this week? Go on. So um, this was weird. I have to pull out my phone to fully go through what happened so because <laughs> it was weird right i'm not the only one who thinks it was weird and it's because it seemed to come absolutely out of nowhere tony khan <sighs> tweeted literally today as we record this uh we're recording this on the wednesday uh tony khan tweeted a double standard hook a 28 and one career record on a winning streak calls out the champ a logical challenge sparks online outrage which i'll just say i didn't see any outrage myself but no not at all yeah jinder who has lost every single match he's been in for the past year immediately gets a title shot where is the rage hashtag (laughs) AEW dynamite tomorrow on tbs (laughs) (sighs) this tweet seemed to me to come out of nowhere because i hadn't seen any, in my circles, at least, I'd seen no rage against Hook. I actually saw people no. saying, this is amazing. Hook versus Samoa Joe. This is going to be a suplex city situation. Because oh, they just throw each other around. Yeah. And I think it's going to be amazing. Do I think Hook's going to win? Absolutely no. not. 
But I think it's going to be a great match, and I think it's great for Hook career-wise. Absolutely. It elevates Hook. Yeah. It takes him Um, from being a dude who has been fighting around a title that means nothing to anybody except his family. Yeah. Yeah, because that's really all it is. Like, it's a cool thing to have, but it really doesn't has no meaning, mean right? anything, right? Yeah. No. So all of a sudden he's like, yeah, we think he's main event worthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big step. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, yeah. And the people, and I think it was short-sighted of Tony because I don't think he got why people were buzzing over gender. Mm-hmm. And I think people were buzzing over Jinder. One, because of what we said earlier, is he came out of obscurity at uh, NXT. He did a great job of that promo. They brought him back this week. And when they brought him back this week, he was great. Two weeks in a row on the microphone, did great work. And I think what happened is, last week when he did such a good job, Trips saw it and went, shit, I think we've been sleeping on Jinder. There's something here. Yep. Yep. I agree with that fully. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. I think he's a good feeder opponent. Yep. Like a good feeder opponent for Seth. I don't see any reason to not do the match. Um, Not everyone who gets a title shot gets it because they have to fight for it every week. You know, there are always, always have been like just random thrown together championship matches. You know, like that's nothing new in wrestling at all. Um, And and, and as Rouch Jury previously of uh, Wrestling Inc. Um, he mm-hmm. brought up on Twitter, these guys have a history. Seth Rollins defeated Jinder Mahal in the tournament finals to become the first ever NXT champion. Yeah. So there's legitimate so, history there. But did you see the USA Network's response? Yes, I did. And then Tony's response again. Oh, yeah. So uh, for those who haven't seen it, USA Network, the TV channel that Raw is on, (laughs) tweeted in response to Raj, which I don't think I've ever seen them respond to anyone from wrestling media before. (laughs) But they were like, what's the cage mat drinking? He's simply easily a dig at Tony because Tony loves the cage mat rankings. And Tony could not help himself. So he responds to uh, USA Network, which nobody's told him, stop doing this, you're promoting the competition. (laughs) A moral victory for the USA is a win for the world title challenger, Ginger Mahal, uh, in the past 364 days because it's been literally a full year since he won a match. You really put AEW in our place by getting Ginger Mahal in a big match on your TV show. Do it more often. Like, essentially saying, <laughs> you're putting a chump in, blah, 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 blah. I feel really bad for gender as well. I feel like all of this that Tony has done is just making people sympathize with a guy who's supposed to be a heel. Like, he's catching strays. Yeah. No, 100%. And then Bischoff got uh, involved. Uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate for gender because, like, like, it could be really good for him at the end of the day. Like, it could be. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like... He doesn't deserve this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he really doesn't. Because, I mean, um, I, I, th- I think it sucks for Jinder because, like we said, he got the spotlight. Clearly someone backstage said, hey, let's utilise him a bit more. He's doing great. He did great work. And then all of a sudden he starts catching strays for what's going on on the internet. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that you're um, against it as far as, like, a meme goes, but... Man, it really feels like 
Tony Khan has been taking one of Seamus's uh, music lines too far. And that is the too many lines, too many lines. <laughs> I think that maybe you need to put down the fucking cocaine. Well, that's and- it, right? I said to you before we came on, I historically have been like the guy that's been like, stop saying this Tony Khan's a cocaine user bullshit. Like, it's <laughs> stupid. Stop it. But yeah, in saying that, I was watching all these tweets roll out and I was just like, there might be something in it. <laughs> like, if you're running multiple, multiple million, billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. like, companies, mm-hmm. you are responsible for thousands of jobs. Yep. Can you maybe just give the job of your social media to somebody who's not going to fuck it up? Yeah. Like, it's... Would you ever see Triple H or Vince McMahon or any reputable promoter do this? No, absolutely not. Absolutely because it's not. N- beneath you. Like, As a wrestling promoter, it is beneath you. I haven't even seen the guy that runs GCW pull this shit. I haven't seen old mate from TNA pull this shit. No, on the indie level, we don't pull this shit. Oh. You don't see anyone from EPW pull it. Like I know, like obviously, it's super carny, and you get people who do it. But like anyone who has any kind of business acumen, understanding of how the business works, knows that the least like successful way to promote your company is to promote it on the back of insulting somebody else's. Yeah. Like it doesn't make a difference. We look back to Eric Bischoff making that call in 1999 with the, with the mankind title change. Mm. It made people sweat. Getting Tony to say, oh, just to let you guys know, on WWF right now, Mick Foley, Mankind, just won the WWF Championship. Boy, that'll really make people put butts in the seats. That'll really get people to change the channel. And then everyone fucking changed the channel. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the turning point, right, in the war. Everyone knows that. It's been discussed completely. Like, so why would you take... Knowing that, hmm. why would you do this? Look, it doesn't. In make my any business, sense. in my line of business, I have a lot of people that are competitors for what I do. Right? I never talk about them online. No, because they shouldn't exist. Because if you if if they exist, then your consumers. And it's not even because exist. I don't like the people that work there or anything. I have friends that work at my competitors. It's just that yes. I don't want my potential clients. And the, and the equivalent being viewers, I don't want my potential clients to know that those other people exist. Well, I made the best energy drink in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I made make the best energy drink in the whole world, and I'm like, this will give you stamina in the bedroom. It'll make you jump an extra fucking three inches mm-hmm. higher. Why would I then say, but don't drink Red Bull because Red Bull is shit. Yeah. Why would I do that? Because all that's going to do is make people go, oh, Red Bull, I haven't had that for ages. Hell yeah, let's have some. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? It's, like- it's funny that you use the drink analogy because there's a famous advertising campaign. If anyone doesn't know, I'm an advertising guy. That's what I do for a job. But there's a famous advertising campaign that was done in the 80s, which was the Pepsi Challenge. Yes. Right? And the Pepsi Challenge was... Uh, a blind taste test, drinking Pepsi, drinking Coke, and the thing was that 
everybody that did the Pepsi challenge preferred Pepsi over Coke on the TV ad. Apparently the TV ad what was... What happened in real life? Well, that's the thing is, apparently everyone on the TV ad that did the blind test was genuine people who genuinely preferred the taste of Pepsi. But in real life, it reminded people of Coke. And All the people Coke did sales, was drink Coke. Coke sales did not go down. Coke sales went up. It just doesn't make sense at all. Mm. And... Like it's like the first rule of business, right? You just you don't promote your competition. Yeah, until you buy them out and then you crush them, <laughs> right? And look, Tony's got the money for it, but he's not going to do it. Apparently, he put a bid in. I can't remember where I heard that, but apparently, and it may have only just been because he got to look at the books by putting in a offer. But apparently, he put an offer in for WWE when they were up for sale. Yeah. But it may have also just been that's a loophole to look at the books. I honestly, I think he's just losing his mind. Look, <laughs> like, and this is the thing, I don't, I genuinely don't think he's a cocaine user like everyone's talking about. I think the no. dude is overworked, right? Like you alluded yes. to earlier, he owns a soccer team, a Division One soccer team. He owns an NFL team. He owns a data yep. analytics company and he owns the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world. And now, he, bear in mind those first two that you said, when you're saying like a soccer team, you're talking like one of the biggest soccer teams in the world. Correct. It's a like, Division when One talk, UK team. When you're talking about American football, you're talking about one of the bigger teams in American football. Correct. Like, so he owns Fulham. Now, Fulham is enormous, right? Yeah. Like, like... Anyone who is a football fan, and I'm going to say football, <laughs> I'm not going to say soccer, but anyone who's a football fan knows who Fulham is, right? Yep. And it's not like, oh, I own like my kid's fucking soccer team. This is like a multi, multinational, multi-million dollar Correct. fucking team. And he is the manager and, of that team. Like he runs the team. And like the Jacksonville Jaguars as well, obviously. Yep. Like the dude has got his fingers in every pie. Yeah. And as well as Ring of Honor. Like as well as Ring of Honor. And the thing is as a wrestler, I can say it. You can't say it. But wrestlers are fucking children. <laughs> like like wrestlers some, some in somebody general. who was eating Mindy's muffins once told me this. <laughs> <laughs> wrestlers are fucking children. Yeah? Like the drama that exists in the wrestling space is like something I've never experienced in my life. And anyone who's ever been in that space, you listening at home right now who is a wrestler, you know I'm telling the truth. We're fucking children. And when you have got this situation where you've got this guy who's stupid overworked mm. and then you get people coming in and, and they're mark. like, oh man, oh man, can you put the belt on me? You know, like, like, you know, like shit like that. It's going to get to you. Mm. Like, I don't envy him at all for what he's doing. The problem with it is you've just covered on is that he's also a giant mark. Mm. So he does everything he can to make sure that his wrestlers are good and that he's enjoying the show that he's putting on. Yeah. And he look, needs I think to there's, be I think the boss benefit. of the company. I think there's benefits to also being a mark in some degree as well. But he needs to be the boss. But he needs to be the boss, right? And this is the thing is... I think there's a benefit to having, like, and we've said this numerous times on the show, is 
WWE has procedures and departments and people in place to deal with things. And I think the biggest issue with AEW is the fact that he doesn't hand over the reins to everything. Yeah. I'm sure AEW has a PR division, right? I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. You need to stop going to the meetings. Yep. Like, you need to stop being part of it. You need to say, here are the reins to our PR department. Mm Mm-hmm. Please, here's the login to my Twitter account. Can you do that as well? (laughs) Honestly, like, you know, have your opinions, speak on your opinions, Mm. but make sure that when you do, you're not misrepresenting your company. Yeah. It's got to go through a filter, and that's usually a a PR department or a PR company that's doing that for you, right? Would he ever go, oh, West Ham, man, you know, they play pretty good football. But they're not as good as Fulham. Like, no. Yeah. Right? Man- you, Manchester you United. This- have you seen those guys? They're dicks. Like, nobody loves those guys. Would he ever play these fucking silly games no. with Fulham? I don't think he would. So why are you doing it with AEW? And this is the funny thing, right? Is the other sports that he's involved in are just as tribalistic, if not more, than yes. wrestling. Like, football is violently tribalistic. So he doesn't talk shit about football. So why does he do it with wrestling? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, That's Tony, my final word on it. Tony, don't get it. if you need someone to come and help out, let me know. I can work remotely. Fly me out once a week for dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never leave the air no. by the time you got there. <laughs> But yeah, in all seriousness, I obviously don't think that he's a cocaine person at all. I just think that he needs to take some of that responsibility that he's putting into all these other little working parts of AEW and just say, man, when we started this, we had EVPs for all of this. Mm. We had people who were in charge of making sure the wrestlers were satisfied Mm. and all of that. And when he let go of that, he took all of that control on himself. Right. And it has caused nothing but problems. Because right now, do I respect Tony Khan as a wrestling promoter? No. Should I? Yes. Yeah. Should I respect the guy who has taken the, the biggest gate in wrestling history? Yes. But can I get past his fucking garbage antics he does on the internet right now? Not really. Hmm. Like And it should never be a question of that. It should never be like, oh, you know, he's a real good guy, but he says some dumb shit on Twitter. That's Elon Musk. Are you Elon Musk? Do you want to be <laughs> Elon Musk? That's a call. Because that's what you're doing. Yeah. Like, it is. That's what you're doing. You, every time I see a fucking thing from Tony, it reminds me of Elon complaining about Twitter. Yeah. It really does. It's funny because today, the Tony Khan I saw today was exactly what you're saying right and it was only a week ago that i was loving watching tony khan on twitter as he was watching new japan as he was watching wrestle kingdom i was loving watching this fanboy tony khan it was cool because because he was enjoying it because he wasn't in charge of it yeah and he's not allowed to enjoy wwe anymore but i'm sure he does um he clearly watches (laughs) so at the end of the day, like, 
man, this is the little backer house stuff, right? It's easily fixed, mm. but for AEW to be taken seriously, it needs to be fixed. Yeah. And look, we've said this before. We don't talk shit about AEW for the sake of talking shit. I still watch every single week. I, It's more, I want AEW to go back to the AEW that I fell in love with. We've, I don't want to fucking talk like this. No. no. By the way, the swear count is really high this week, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to the PG era next week. I read a thing today on the internet that said that uh, Australians swear on average 15 times a day. That's a lie. <laughs> and my hometown is in that list. Ballarat's in that list. Bendigo, which is about an hour from Ballarat, is the top of that list. Genuinely, I think 15 times a day is such an understatement. <laughs> like, that is such an underestimation. Like, even on average, I would say yep. 15 times an hour. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, but that's it, all right? That's it for wrestling. Let's go to the Aussie wrestling stuff. And actually, <laughs> before we do that, just to give you more work because you're editing this one and not me, roll the LA Night moment of the week. Let me talk to you. Yeah. LA Knight is really, really good, and I really want him to do more. That's the LA Night moment of the week. He's had fuck all to do lately on shows, and it sucks. And I really hope that... After the next couple of months, we really start to see a push for him. Absolutely. That's That's all I can say. I can't say anything more about it because there's nothing more to say because the AJ Styles thing, the Fatal 4-Way, let's really quickly, briefly touch on that. The Fatal 4-Way, I love the idea of it because it reminds me of WrestleMania 2000. Um, But I think AJ's probably eaten the pin. Yep. I agree. And because I think you have to keep LA Knight strong. Absolutely agreed. I don't think... uh... AJ suffers by eating the pen. They've got a lot of plans for Randy as well. I've heard all over the internet at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be AJ. And I think Roman retains. And like I said, I think he retains till SummerSlam. All right. And now after all of that Tony bashing, which you know I am apologizing for right now, <laughs> let's roll into the Australian wrestling recap for the week. Yeah, starting off with All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia. They've got their Summer Spectacular happening on the 13th of January. That's in Padstow at the Padstow RSL. And that's followed up on the 27th of January in Hamilton North Bowling Club in Newcastle. It's their Born to be Wild event. Uh, Then over to Melbourne, we have MXW with Goodness Gracious. That's happening on the 20th of January at Ballarat Neighbourhood Centre. Then we've got... Ballarat! (laughs) <laughs> then we've got APW with Breakout 38. That's happening January 19th, and uh, that's going to be in Seaford. And then Renegades of Wrestling, they've got their yearly We Are Renegades event. That's happening January 25th at the Melbourne Pavilion. And we have WSW Most Wanted Tour. This is a national tour. It starts on the 28th of June and goes to the 1st of July. Tickets available on the 17th of January. And they have started already announcing some amazing talent for this event. This is the one that happens every year where they bring in all the big international stars and with all the free agents available right now, you know that this, by the time it happens, is going to be stacked. 
We're going to get some big names for that. And speaking of big names, we've got Dude, Where's My Ring? Now, a note you haven't put in here that I actually know is this on the February 23rd and 24th uh, is these shows, but their names <laughs> are My Sacrifice and With Arms Wide Open. Oh, <laughs> so, so they are Creed shows, which I think is just hilarious. So are we going to be getting a Creed themed event like each day that's going to be like Creed themed <laughs> wrestlers? So. I hope so. I hope someone's dressed like the bloody Nickelback Paddle Pop line at some point as well. I hope there's a Pearl Jam reference or two in there. Uh, but yeah, no, looking forward to those two. They're going to be great. We've also got the EPW Aussie Wrestling Super Show, February 23rd at Williton Stadium. That's going to have stars from all over Australia, including, as far as I have been told, because I've seen posts on the internet, the return of Mr. Juicy Gino Gambino to oh. professional wrestling, which will be really Really cool. And on top of that, obviously, we've got the big dog, ooh, uh, WWE Elimination Chamber at Optus Stadium, Perth, February 21st, 2024. It is going to be a stupid, 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 stupid February for wrestling. If you're coming here for Elimination Chamber, make sure you check out all of the Australian wrestling that you can possibly stuff in your face hole because you're going to enjoy all of it. Yeah, so, and I've started to hear some stories about other things that are going to be coming up during that week as well. So I almost recommend, like, guarantee you it's worth putting a weekend in Perth. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Come here for the week. Come here for the week. I'll take you out. You can buy the beers. Um, but <laughs> definitely come here. It'll be a good time. I know that the Dead Man Tour has apparently been extended as well, so that's cool to hear too. We're getting a lot more Undertaker around Australia. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's doing uh, uh, Queensland, Sydney, and Melbourne as well, so it's going to be huge. I just honestly, I just hope that he has a better time than he had the last time he was here. Um, but yeah, that that is the week. That is my return to Down Under the Ring. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Fid, have you enjoyed it? I have. I always enjoy my time with you, Shippy. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. You're probably not going to watch this week because my camera is still scuffed because the old thing is still stuffed. But you can check us out on all the audio places for now. And maybe I'll make like a cute little thing for video in the coming weeks anyway. But thank you so much for watching. No matter where you are, no matter what you do, we'll see you down under the ring.